Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. We're talking about the worshiping through Thanksgiving. Yes, I'm not talking about the uh, worshiping through eating. There'll be plenty of that during the Thanksgiving holidays. But in truly being thankful, that's why I asked you when we first started this morning, what's one thing you can be thankful of? You see, thankfulness is vital. It is vital to our worship of God. The act of thanking God, it reminds us of the love and the goodness and the faithfulness He has given to us over the years even when we did not realize it at the time. But being thankful reminds us that God loves us. And He listens to us when we pray to Him, and He answers our prayers. Are you ready to worship God through thankfulness this morning? I hope you are. First, before we jump into our text, I wanted to show you these four points that were written by Ken Parker on a blog for Berean Baptist Church, the, the Bible is filled with worship through thanksgiving. And here are four, actually five instances of that. Thanksgiving, first of all, is a way to enter the presence of God. Psalm 104 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise and give thanks to him. Praise his name. So as we come into this sanctuary, we can enhance our worship service and enhance the worship service by coming in here being thankful that we are here. Then the second one, God says that Thanksgiving is an equivalent of an Old Testament sacrifice. It says in Psalm 116, verse 17, I will offer you a sacrifice of Thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. Thanksgiving is the major part of our worship. It says in Psalm 147, 7, to sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp. And thanksgiving is a way to honor God. Psalm 69.30. Where it says, Then I will praise God's name with, thanks, with singing, and I will honor Him with thanksgiving. And then finally, thanksgiving will be a constant theme in heaven. You better get used to thanksgiving. Because in heaven... It'll be a theme. They saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. Could we even thank God adequately enough for what He has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ, that we have eternal life? I don't think we can. I think we're going to be spending an eternity thanking Him for that. But here's the thing. Thanksgiving brings peace. And sometimes peace can be hard to come by on Thanksgiving Day. Cooking schedules, multiple visits to different sets of families, trying not to make one mad, dealing with family members and friends that are hard to deal with, and then not to mention preparing for those Black Friday shopping sprees. Folks, if we're not careful when we're supposed to be thankful for what God has given us, we will spend all of our efforts on pleasing ourselves rather than others. You see, here's a point I want to show you. Thankfulness moves our prayers from a long list of I needs to thanking God for His answered prayers, protection, relationships, strength, comfort, and peace. That's one thing we try to do on Wednesday nights is uh, when we have our prayer meeting. Uh, nine times out of ten, the the 
major portion of our prayer list are going to be people with medical needs. And I understand that, and we need to pray for them. But you know that it doesn't matter how much we pray, our bodies will break down eventually, right? But we do. We pray for these people. We pray for ourselves. We pray for our friends, families, loved ones, that they would be healed, that they would feel better, that things would go great. And then, but here's the thing. If all we do is we just say, God, here's a list of people I want you to work on, and then we say amen and go on to the Bible study, there's been no thanksgiving, there's been no praise, there's no, been no adoration. It would be no different than you or I as a child going up to God saying, I want, I want, I want, see you later. We have to inhabit Thanksgiving in our praise. We have to inhabit adoration in our praise. Confession of our sins in praise. Take a moment. Just a moment. Take a moment to thank the Lord for what God has done in your life today. Literally, just think about it for a second. God, I thank you for... What is that thing? All of us can find one thing to be thankful for. So as we jump into our scripture, we're going to be in Psalm 138, just eight short verses. We see here the psalmist, David, is showing us a pattern of thanksgiving and worship. And the first pattern is this, is that I can be thankful. Notice the first first word of verse 1 is I. He says, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, he says in verses 1 through 3, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. And I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. These are some things that David is saying in this lyric that has some music to it. We don't know what the tune of the song was, but we do know this in these lyrics, this poetry here, that David is giving thanks to God, and that is part of his worship. And notice what it says in verse 1. He says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. Some translations say, with my whole heart. Folks, thankfulness keeps us from taking God's provisions and His answered prayers for granted. When we give thanks with all my heart, that means that we have taken inventory of our hearts and we have emptied our hearts of any selfishness or anything that is in the space that was required to be for God. Because you know that, right? God created everyone with a heart to have a space in their heart for Him. The problem is, is that so many times people reject that and try to fill that space that is built and, res- and made for God, and they have filled it with their own selfish ways, selfish habits, selfish addictions. Do you thank God with all your heart, or do you thank God with only just Sunday morning at 10.30 with your heart? Do you truly give thankfulness with all your heart? Because you see, a lack of thankfulness for what God has done in your life will lead you to a divided heart. 
If you are not thankful for what God has done, you're always going to be looking for what He's going to do next. And also, if you do not have your whole heart centered towards God, you are a lot more susceptible to be caught by sin. Charles Spurgeon, a famous preacher of of old, wrote that we need a broken heart to mourn our sins, but a whole heart to praise the Lord's perfections. Let me give you a little uh, life hack here, and I'm speaking as from experience, not as an expert, but I've experienced this in my life. If you want to raise yourself out of the dump that you're in, get your mind off yourself and start thanking God for what He's done. Whether you're in a hospital bed, or whether you're driving down the road, whether you're in the middle of a, a, a mental crisis or you're just having a great day by your own. Be thankful to God and it will elevate you. Then it says in the second half of verse B that it says that he will praise you before the gods. Praising God through the thankfulness expresses our love and devotion to him while witnessing to others that follow other gods with a little g. It shows them the power that we can have through worshiping God. One, one meaning of that could have been that uh, God meant angelic beings that were found elsewhere in scriptures. And also, when he says that he praises and thanks him before the gods, it could also mean the kings and judges that he is about to reference in verse 4. But then in verse 2 he says, I bow before your holy temple as I worship. You see, God recognized the temple as God's appointed place to worship and give sacrifices. Folks, God has called you here today to Homeland Park Baptist Church because of this family of believers, because of this campus and this sanctuary, because this is the place God has appointed you and I to worship and to give a sacrifice of our times and our talents and our resources. This is where God has appointed you and I to worship today. If you are a member of Homeland Park Baptist Church, God has said, this is the place where we worship. This is the place where we bring sacrifice. This is the place where we give God our thankfulness. Not on our couches and our slippers watching the internet. Not having our own time somewhere else in some beautiful place and we call it a vacation. Look, I, look I'm all about taking a break. And I'm not saying, I do not worship the, the materials that this building is made of and the, the beautiful stained glass windows and, and all these things. These things are important because they give us shelter and, and it's, it's, it's full of history. But folks, if Jesus is not here, this is just a building. If you are not here... It's just a building. This is God's appointed place for you to worship. People have been doing it for generations, and it's time to continue to do that, or the next generation won't do that. He knew that this was the appointed place for him to worship was in God's temple. Then he says, praising his name for his unfailing love and faithfulness. Your translations say for it may say for his unfaithfulness or his unfaithful not unfaithful but his unfailing love and truth. These are not just words David was using to fill out a lyric sheet to the song. 
God's unfailing love and faithfulness meant a lot to him. He had experienced both of those things. If you have ever experienced unfailing love, then you know what I'm talking about. That kind of love that no matter how bad you messed up, the love was still there. That is God. God's unfailing love. Even though David did horrible things, that would have got him certainly kicked out of a church, let alone arrested and maybe even killed, God's faithfulness and love was with him even after all of that. God still called David a man after his own heart because God's love is unfailing. And for God is faithful. No matter what you have done, my friend, God's unfailing love and faithfulness or His truth is with you today, my friend. Remembering God's unfailing love and faithfulness, it strengthens our personal connection with Him. You ever gotten together with friends and you all tell war stories about what you used to do? Maybe some of you all saw some high school friends out at a restaurant or you had some kind of reunion or or you're kind of getting together and they say, oh, you remember when? And and if you're like me, I have a a certain crew of uh, friends that I I consider them brothers and sisters in Christ. We went to school together and we will always tell the same five stories that we're together. And we always laugh about them. And I'm sure our spouse, my spouse, was not with me when I was in Charleston. We were engaged. She was working on her MRS degree while I was working on my... um, (laughs) She was working, and I was at school. She went on to get her her college degree. I'm very proud of her for that. But there were stories that I had with this group of friends that she's like, are y'all going to tell those stories again? She never says that, but I know she's thinking it. And she's probably saying, let me finish the story for you. I know it better than y'all do. But the thing is, is that when we get together, we retell these stories, and it reminds us of the people that we were with, the times and the love, and the things that we shared. You see, God's faithfulness shows us that He continues to outdo Himself from what He has done with what He continues to do. So, my friends, if you think that God is not working in your life, if you think that He's not answering your prayers, if you think that everything is stagnant in your life, you may want to try being thankful. Go back and retell God the stories of His faithfulness in your life. And what you will find is you will realize, you know what, God, you have been faithful. You know what, God, your love has been unfailing. So now, if you've been faithful in my past, you will be with me now, and you will carry me through my future. It starts with thankfulness. Then it says, for your promises are backed by the honor of your name. Folks, God places his word in such a high regard that it's even higher than his name. You realize that God has bound himself to work in a way that is in accordance with this scripture. Because if God were to ever do anything that was against what is in the Bible, he would not be God. That's a pretty big, pretty big thought there. But think about it. The way God works in all of this is the way God has been working ever since Adam and Eve were created. Then verse 3, what happened before that? For God did not stand behind his word. It would make him a liar, which means that he would be no God at all. So God does stand behind his word. You want to know God? You want to trust God? You want to stand on God? You can stand on his word because he will never go against it. 
Even so much that when he said without the forgiveness, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin in Hebrews 9.22. He stood behind that one too, didn't he? We're about to celebrate it as he sent his son Jesus into this world. Then verse 3. This is a personal testimony today. Look at verse 3 again. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. He's saying, look, God, this is what I've experienced. You hear me when I pray. Aren't you glad that the creator of the universe can hear you when you pray and me when I pray? How would you like it when you start to pray, you hear a voice saying, thank you for calling God. He is busy right now. He cannot take your call. Please listen for the following options and then make your choice. If you hang up, you will lose your position in the queue. That would not be good, would it? Press 1 for health emergencies. Press 2 for assurances. Press 3 for others. And if this is a real emergency, please report to your nearest place of worship. That is not what prayer is, is it? When you are begging on you, you say, God, hear my prayers. He listens. You don't need to go through me. You don't need to go through anybody else. You can have, as a believer, a direct connection to God right when you need it all at the same time. When David needed God and called to him many times in good and painful situations, God was always there, right there when he needed him. He has done the same thing for you and me. David is thanking God for what he is doing in his life, and that is what worshiping God is. Coming into this place and worshiping God, yes, we've done hymns, we've, we've sang choruses, and we've, we've done different things. We're, we're fixing, we're planning this hanging of the green service. I think you're going to really enjoy uh, the first Sunday of December. We haven't done one of those, and it's going, to be, it's going to be a great time of worship. But worship doesn't begin with when the first note is hit or when the first, first hand is shook. Worship begins... When you prepare in your heart to come in here and worship this morning. You see, worship is not Sunday. Worship is a culmination of Monday through Saturday resulting in Sunday. David finds his strength and he is revitalized by worshiping God through thanksgiving. You see, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so the power of Christ can work through me. Folks, when we humble ourselves before God and we admit that we are not powerful enough to make it on our own, that is when we experience the sufficiency and the power of Christ. Let me ask you something. Do you need revitalization in your life? Do you want to know God's strength? If you want to, I'll give you step one. And this is what we see here in David's life. Start by thanking him for what he has already done in your life. If you feel like God is not answering a prayer, if you feel like God is taking too long to answer a prayer, or if you feel like God gave you the wrong answer, be thankful. Be thankful for what he has done because you will remember he has been faithful in the past and he will be faithful now. I guess a point I could share with you would be this. God is loving and faithful to me even when I am not to him. Therefore, I will give him thanks and rely on his strength instead of my own. That could be a prayer for you. Again, God is loving and faithful to me even when I am not to him. Therefore, I will give him thanks and rely on his strength 
instead of my own. Here in this, these first three verses, we see a pattern of thankful praise. We see in verses 1 through 3, we see number 1, David praised God for who he is. His unfailing love and his faithfulness or his truth. Not only did he praise God for who he was, he praised God for what he revealed about himself through his word. How do you get to know God? You get to know God by reading his word. And then the third one is David praised God for what he had done in his past. What did he say? He said, God, when I need you, you're always there. So now in this psalm, he moves, verses 1 through 3, from, he moves from I to we. So he moves from his personal prayer life to now we as a church, we as a community of believers. You realize you can't have one without the other. You've got to have people that are individually walking with the Lord to come together and to be the body of Christ. You think church is not important? Jesus Christ died for it. Jesus Christ died so you could be the church of Christ, so that we could meet here today. Look at verses 4 through 6. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Every king will thank you is what he said. David was the king of Israel, and he was saying that there will come a day when all the kings will thank God and give him praise. That God would reveal himself to the other leaders that would come to know him. Can you imagine the humility of King David? You weren't supposed to do this if you were a king. Here is the king, the most powerful person in his kingdom, showing, admitting that he is weak and he needs God. Some people would see that as a weakness, but I'm telling you, my friend, it is a strength. You can be a lot stronger with God as your strength than you can stand in your own strength. In your own strength, you have your physical vitality, you have your brain power, you have your physical stamina, you have your experience and your baggage and your education, all those things to pull from. And hey, that's great, but if you humble yourselves and ask for God's power, you've got all of heaven at your disposal. For all of them will hear your words is what he said. This is a call for witnessing and evangelism. Folks, how will people know about God? How will people know about Jesus unless we tell them? Oh, well, preacher, I haven't been called to preach like you. Well, preacher, I'm not an evangelist. You know, I don't really know what to say if someone were to ask me about God. You mean to tell me you don't know how to tell someone Jesus Christ made a difference in my life? This is how? This is how I came to know Christ? This is how Christ is working in me now? And this is how Christ could do the same thing for you? If you think that you can't share the gospel, it's a cop-out, it's an excuse, and you're calling God a liar. Because God, it's not a call for preachers to do it. 
It's a call for all believers to do that. And if you don't know how to do that, I will gladly teach you some methods and some things to to be able to share your faith. But really, it's three parts. This is my life before Christ. This is how I met Christ. And this is my life after Christ. Even if you don't even share a single Bible verse other than John 3.16, you can share your testimony. How will the world know unless we tell them? It's not going to be solved in our chat rooms online. It's not going to be solved eating biscuits at the breakfast joint. It's not going to be solved when we're at our family reunions talking about stuff. It's not going to be solved in the beauty parlor where we're talking about everything that's going on. It's not going to be solved when we're talking to our same friends, complaining about the same people all the time on the telephone. It's not going to be solved in our Facebook posts. If you don't like the world today, if you don't like your world, change it. And it starts with you. Look, I am, as a, as a pastor, I am the coach, and I am pushing everybody to do as well as they can. I'm trying to give you the tools and the motivation. But at the end of the day, you are going to be held accountable for what you say about Christ and what you deny to say about Christ. I'm not asking all of y'all in here to turn into evangelists, but I am saying, as Paul says, be able to give a reason for your hope in, quite frankly, a day where there is no hope. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is great. Yes, singing of your thankfulness to God is worship to God. I don't know if you noticed this, but we're not running a talent show here at Homeland Park. This is not American Idol. When Donna asks you to be in the choir, there's not an audition process. We don't have a second string choir and a third string choir. Singing, I'll be honest with you, here's something that may set you free. Do you know that singing is not about you in, in relation to God? Now, I, look, there are some people that have soprano, alto, tenor, and there's some that are also, I mean, they're, they're kind of in, in between all of those. But you know what? God loves every one of them. And some of you say, well, I'm not a singer. Okay, don't get up here. But the Bible does say that we need to sing thank, thankfulness and worship to the Lord. You can't take that out. You can't mark that out. Some people just don't sing because it, doesn't, it makes them uncomfortable. It puts them out there. Somebody might hear me. I'll tell you what, God will hear you. And also, he'll know when you don't sing, too. So anyway, there's, the, there's your choir push, honey. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. That was uh, in verse 6. There was a sociology professor at an Ivy League school who was teaching the world's most excelled and brightest students. And the last question on the final exam was this. <laughs> what is the name of our janitor? Boy, the students did not like that at all. Here they are in an Ivy League school. And the, the, the teacher said on the last Question of the test. This was sociology, by the way, where you're studying people, right? The last question was, what is the name of the janitor? Well, all the pretentious students missed the questions, and they got mad. And when they questioned the teacher, he explained, you are studying human behavior, yet you are only talking with people who are like you, or may be able to help you in some way. You will learn a great lesson. By humbling yourself and interacting with those who you deem 
as lesser than yourself. Well, the students were ashamed of themselves when they realized that the professor was right. They had been so focused on their own studies and social studies status that they had forgotten to appreciate the people around them, including the janitor. I would ask you, it's your job. What's the name of your janitor? What's the name of the greeter at Walmart? What's the name of your waiter or waitress at your favorite restaurant other than, I need more tea? What's the name of the janitor? The next day the students went to the janitor's office and apologized for not knowing his name. The janitor was surprised and happy to hear this, so he told them that his name was John, that he had been working at the school for many years. The students learned a valuable lesson that day. They learned that it is important to appreciate the people around them, even the ones they may deem as lesser than themselves. I think James chapter 4 verse 6 said it best. God, God gives attention to the humble but rejects the proud. James says in chapter 4 verse 6, God opposes the proud, but what? He gives grace to the humble. Then we see in verses 7 and 8, we see thankfulness builds confidence. Thankfulness builds confidence. Let's read verses 7 and 8. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand and the power of your right hand saves me. David knew a lot about this because he was king and there were people coming after him and his people all the time. He says, you reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life, for your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. Do you hear the cry of David? God, you are my creator. Don't abandon me. You reach out your hand for me. I need you, God. And this is the king saying this let alone a peasant or someone like me or you. I guess it's nice to know that people in power need Jesus too, even though they realize it or not. What we see here, folks, is that through thanksgiving, God initiates his protection. David knew that God was his protector. David knew that whatever he would go through, God would save and revive him. Folks, you don't have to get up to some certain level for God to help you. Oh, yeah, I'll just get this right, and I'll stop doing this, and I'll start doing that, and I'll, I'll try this, and then, then I'll be at a point where God can help me. No. What does it say? It said, God, reach out His hand where you are right now. God will reach out His hand to you and protect you. Be thankful for that. David here is giving evidence of his humanity in verses 4 through 6. A worldly king depending on the heavenly father. Man, I pray more leaders would do the same, don't you? Folks, God will defend you against your enemies. God is greater than any foe or force that will come against you. There may be a struggle or a fight, but ultimately, God will prevail. You know that death has been defeated, right? The worst thing that you think that somebody could do to you as a believer, and I'm not, 
I'm not advocating this, and I hope it doesn't happen. But the worst thing this world can do to you and I is to kill us. That's the worst thing that they can do. But for a believer, death has been defeated. And to be absent in the body means that we would be present with the Lord. They can't kill that. That is why we have hope. And I I hope you see this today. I hope you see when you read verses 7 and 8. You know in your prayers you can be brutally honest with God, right? You know, you hear people pray in public and they use big words and you think, oh, that's just a beautiful prayer. Some of the most beautiful prayers have been on my knees crying, saying, God, please, just this stinks, help me. You can be brutally honest with God, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes in your prayer life, it may be a little refreshing. Seek to align your plans with God's plans. We all dream and make plans for the future. There's nothing wrong with that. Then we work hard to make those dreams and plans come true. But to really live our best lives, we need to align our plans with God's plans. You see, He alone knows what is best for us. He alone can fulfill His purpose for us. So as you make plans and you dream your dreams, talk to God about them. Help Him make the most of those plans and dreams for your life. Because I'm telling you, if you if you align your hopes and dreams with God's hopes and dreams, you are going to get your socks blessed off. I don't mean money. He may bring you money. I'm not talking prosperity. But I'm just telling you this. If you're, the Bible says that God wants to answer our prayers. If you get your will aligned with his will and your dreams are his dreams, whew, you're not going to be able to shut the spigot off. But that's just the thing. We've got to align ourselves with him. It is important to be humble and appreciate the people around us, even though you may deem them as lesser. God is always with us, and he will protect us from our enemies. And we should align our plans with God's plans for our lives. I'll leave you with this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Be thankful. (laughs) Be thankful. When, preacher? In all circumstances. All circumstances? You mean even when I get a note saying I owe the IRS a certain amount of money? I got to be thankful. Yes, be thankful for that. It could have been more. You mean I got to be thankful when the doctor tells me it's cancer? Yes, it could be something even worse. Tell me I'm thankful when I get a check in the mail I wasn't depending on? Absolutely. Be thankful when it's just nothing's going great and nothing's going bad. It's just things are trudging, you know, trudging on. Yes, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. My friends, if you can be thankful in the good times and in the bad times and in the trying times and in the, the abundant times, if you are thankful through all of that, Do you see how it keeps you grounded through all of that to where you have highs and lows? Here's thankfulness. Here's highs and lows going up and down, but that thankful thread stays the same. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life. I'll pray to you. I'm just trying to find God's will. That sounds so spiritual. Oh, God, show me your will. He said, I showed you right here. Be thankful in all circumstances. 
for those who belong to Christ Jesus. If you do not belong to Christ Jesus, you will not be able to do that. You will not be able to give thanks in all circumstances. You may be the one that God is reaching out to today with his unfailing love and faithfulness. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for our time this morning. And thank you for this psalm. And Lord, we just are thankful for what you have done in our lives, what you continue to do, Lord. These doors could be shut, but you have decided to keep it open, Lord. This church open to be a light in this community. And for these precious folks to come and worship you, uh, for our children that are back in children's church, and a place to, to learn about you, but most of all, a place to be equipped to share you with others. God, we are thankful for this day. We are thankful for you, your unfailing love and your faithfulness. And we are thankful for the gift your son Jesus Christ gave to us, which is the forgiveness of our sins and the ability to be in heaven with you, God. If there's one person that does not know you today, may today be the day of their salvation, Lord. For it's in your name we pray.